everybody, and welcome back to the Glean Podcast, what we call the fastest hour of the week. I appreciate so much your support on our uh, YouTube channel and helping to spread the gospel uh, <coughs> throughout the world. You know, it, it takes every one of us working together to spread the gospel to all the parts of the world. And I just, again, want to thank each one of you for helping with that. But we're going to get into our uh, topic tonight. And as I was looking over some different things and reading news headlines and things like that, there were three key things that I noticed that I believe we've seen an uptick in, an increase, and I believe you will too. But I also believe that the Spirit spoke to me and there's these three things are not something that we've just just seen an uptick, uh, uptick in, but we're going to see it intensify even more, I believe, moving into 2024. And so we're going to get into these things tonight. Now, now, keep in mind, when we talk about these things that we see happening, you know, the, uh, and it seems frustrating, you know, everybody seems on edge. Uh you know, whether we're worried about uh, the inflation, we're worried about how much food costs, how much gas costs, you know, everything keeps going up and there's all these uh, different things going on in the world. You know, somebody asked the other night, I heard somebody say, when is the last time you've heard anything positive on the news? You know, and of course, I don't know that anybody can answer that unless you're a person that loves destruction, devastation, and misery, if you like those kind of things, well, then you probably uh, enjoy watching the news. But none of the news channels are, I mean, everything they're reporting is doom and gloom, and it's always, uh, you know, it, it, we've took on this poor pitiful me kind of mindset in, in our, not only our country, but I believe all over the world. And we're going to see an increase in these things. And one of the things we have to realize, yes, Satan understands that he's already been judged. His punishment has already been established. But before his lease on this earth runs out, which we know that it's, it's on, it, he's on the last page of that lease. Um, before that happens, Satan's not going to go down quietly. He is trying to destroy as many people as possible and not only destroy them, but also he's trying to in the church, in the body of Christ, he's trying to get people to go, well, this just ain't working. I've tried this and this is not working. You know, I, I know of people and I've said this a few times uh, on Sunday mornings and I, I believe I've already said it on our podcast but it, it, it bears repeating right now. The enemy is throwing every trick, every tool, everything he has at the world, not just saints, but sinners alike. He's throwing every tool and trick he has at us to see what will stick and what will hold. You know, uh, I was talking to someone today and I, uh, I said, you know, I've heard a lot because they were telling a story about a guy that's in the hospital and he's on a ventilator. I think he has pneumonia, but he can't seem to breathe on his own. They can't find out why he's running the fever he's running. They don't have any answers. And I'm hearing a lot of that lately, that even the doctors don't have answers to people's problems. 
And, you know, we're seeing a lot of people getting frustrated and aggravated. But what we have to realize is in these last days, Satan is throwing every trick and tool he has in his bag at us, not just randomly, but at one, all in one time. He's throwing these things out here. And we have to now more than ever trust the word of God, pray, dedicate ourselves, consecrate ourselves to the voice of God and the word of God and knowing that God in all of these things, he said, you know, that we had to let our light shine. And you see what's happening is during this time and moving into 2024, I believe us as Christians, if we're not careful, we'll allow the things of this world to weight us down and throw a more or less a blanket over our light so that it does not shine. So we're going to get into this tonight, and I'm going to take my first scripture out of 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, and he said here, knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now, the first thing I believe you're going to see an uptick in or an increase in is scoffers, which are naysayers, complainers. Um, I've, I, you know, I, I, when I was growing up, I, my dad preached about the coming of, of the Lord, and we knew that it was very close. But even as I was getting in my teen years, I, part of me, yeah, I knew Jesus was going to come at some time, but I didn't live my life like I should because I knew it wasn't now. I knew it was going to be sometime down the road later on. And, you know, even before that, if you go back into the Bible days, you know, the children of Israel knew that a Messiah was coming. But yet, over hundreds of years, they heard a Messiah was coming. They heard, they heard, they heard, until the point that they almost got numb to it. So when Jesus come on the earth because he didn't come in the way they thought he should, they didn't believe that he was the Messiah. So the church at that time, not really the church, there wasn't one till the book of Acts, but you know what I mean, the the Sadducees and Pharisees, those that went to the temple and pledged, you know, their devotion to God, they rejected the Messiah because they didn't believe it because they had heard, they had heard, they had heard. And I believe that even now we're beginning to see people, I'm, I'm hearing those same, same kind of remarks and comments. Well, you know, Y'all preachers and y'all Christians, y'all always saying that he's coming. Y'all are always saying that he's coming. And people are beginning to push away from it. Now, some of that, I believe, is ignorance, you know, uh, for people not understanding Bible. They're being Bible prophets. But then part of it, the other part is, it says there in verse 3, he says that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. So you see, these people, and some of these, sad to say, uh, are either Christian realm, the church realm, they know Jesus is coming. They, they, There's part of them, I believe, that, that believes what God's Word says, 
but they're so happy and content living in their own sin that they they have conned them them lied to themselves to think that well if uh, if we keep living this way maybe it'll shit out maybe it'll push it back later and then on the other side of that too satan himself is trying to fuse men he's trying to throw in these thoughts of well yeah that's what the bible says but we've heard it we've heard it we've heard it until he's convincing even church going believers that well we've heard it and he's not things are just terrible and you know it's just not going to happen and when you begin to see those things, we, you know, now, yes, we've seen them, but I believe going into 2024, again, that's going to be something else that Satan himself begins to put in people's minds. That's why it's an important reason to, that we have to renew our minds. The Bible says to be not conformed to this world, but be ye formed by the renewing. You see, when you renew something, it's just like your uh, car inspection, your tag. You have to renew that every year so that you can continue to drive that on public highways. So it, it's a continual thing. You have to renew that every year. Well, when these things are happening in our world and you see all these coming out scoffing and making fun of Christians and, and, and you know, uh, talking about people say, well, he's not coming back. If you're not careful when you look at things and you thought, oh, he's really coming, he's really coming, but it seems like things are getting worse and we're still stuck here on the earth. If you're not careful, your mind, Satan will get in your mind and begin to put those thoughts in your mind. Say, ah, you know, he, he's not coming. So that's why it's important to renew your mind daily, continually renewing your mind so that no matter what is going on in the world, I'm not led astray from what God's word says. And, you know, when you understand Bible prophecy, end time prophecy, you know that there's no other prophecy that has to be fulfilled for Jesus to return. That's something that people before us could not say. Years and years ago, centuries ago, they could not say that. They 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 had not seen these things fulfilled, you know, they had not seen Israel become a nation, you know, the fig tree budding and, uh, budding and putting forth fruit. They had not seen those things. And we know Israel become a nation, 1948. So these were things that we begin to see. You know, all of these different things are saying that Jesus' return is very close. So if his return is very close, how much closer is the rapture of his church? And we have to be ready. We have to stay on guard. You know, we. I know sometimes people say, well, you're a pastor and, and you just want your church full and you don't need to be so hard on people and you need to let people just live. But it's not that I, yes, I want my church full. I don't know what pastor don't. Because in my eyes, it's not I want my church full so I can say, look what I've done or look what I passed or look what I have. It's to say that there are people hungry for the word of God and they found a place where they can be fed. And you see in these last days, people, you, we have to stay in that word. We can't afford to, to miss church for three weeks and come for two weeks and then get out of church for five weeks and, and come back for three. We, we're living in a time where every 
ounce of the word of God that you can get inside of you is going to help sustain you through the next few years. And I know it's hard for some people to believe that when all tragedies happen, when all these things are happening, you know, uh, I said earlier, we're talking about inflation. You know, I have heard people talk about, you know, when you go into uh, shopping stores or uh, Walmart, food line, places like that, people are constantly, you hear them talking about how expensive things are and, and how frustrating it is, and they can't afford this, and they can't afford that. And I'm not bragging on myself or my wife, but, you know, we're tithers. We, are, we have made a, a covenant with God Almighty himself, and according to the book of Malachi, he said that if you're a tither, he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And we're faithful tithers. We are faithful givers. We sow seeds uh, every week, multiple seeds, and we're beginning to see those things come to pass in our lives. And even with the inflation like it's been, even with prices have been like they are now, I have yet to see God let me down. He has been there right through it all, and I have continued to live my life just like there was not an inflation. Yes, that's not bragging on me. I don't want people that way. You trying to? No, it's not. It's all God. But you see, I have learned to take him at his word. And as we see these end time things begin to happen, we can't get frustrated and, and give up on God. We have to take him at his word. And, you know, it went on in verse 4, and it says that for since the fathers fell asleep, what they're talking about is even... In, in the Bible, all of these people back in the Old Testament was talking about the coming of the Messiah, establish his kingdom, and all these things. They died and went on, but yet Jesus had not come. Jesus had not come. Then now in the New Testament, all of them that were talking in the New Testament, Jesus is coming to establish his kingdom. You know, they all, even his disciples, did not understand the full picture of what's going on because they had the mindset of he was going to establish a natural kingdom. He, they're not thinking spiritual kingdom. So, you know, all of these things that happened then, we're seeing these replay and, and be rehashed now. And, you know, I wanted to let you know, be aware of scoffers. Don't let people talk you out of what you already know down in your spirit, in your heart of hearts. You know Jesus is coming soon especially if you followed our podcast or if you go to church here, we've been very adamant about the soon return of Jesus and that that's how important it is that every day we have to live our life. Well, it's kind of like that old saying, live every day like it's your last. Well, that's kind of how it is now. I'm living every day, every minute of every day, like at any moment Jesus could return. He could blow that trumpet and call my name, and, and then in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, I'll be up in the glory. So you see, this is nothing new. Even in the beginning, these people, their their fathers was telling them, and they've heard it, and then they told their children, and it just kept going. But I believe we're going to see an increase in this because the enemy wants to get you sidetracked. He wants to get you looking at everything that's going on and take your eyes off of the soon return 
of Jesus. And, you know, there is a lot of people that say, well, when you look at all that's going on and how bad it is, why hadn't Jesus returned? Well, if you continue reading in 2 Peter chapter 3, he begins to talk about these things. And in verses 9 and 10 of, of 2 Peter chapter 3, it says here, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance on the day of the Lord. And then he goes on in verse 10, and he says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So we see here that he said that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness. You know, when I look at that, you know, there's times we every one of you watching right now, you know somebody that when they they say, yeah, I'll be there at such and such a time, or I'll get this done for you, and they act like they're going to get it done quickly, it, it takes them forever to get something done, or they don't finish something, and that's when we always, well, they're just a slacker. You know, that's where we kind of talk about that. But here, some people are thinking, well, Lord, we're going through all of this. Do you not see what is going on? Do you not see all the violence that's going on in the world and the turmoil and the chaos? Why, why are you? Why have you not stepped in and done something? Why are you not coming back? But it's because we don't understand God's timing. He's God. He's God all by Himself. He doesn't need to run anything by us. He does not need our approval. He doesn't need to put it before some church committee and let them vote on it to see if it's okay. He's God all by Himself. And the Scripture says that no man knows the day or the hour. Not even the angels know. Not even Jesus himself knows, but only the Father, when he's going to return. But I believe that God, in his infinite wisdom, I believe that he knows that point in time when there's going to be the largest amount of people that are crying out to Jesus, that are crying out to be saved and are being saved. I believe he's, he knows when that peak moment is. And when that peak moment hits, He's going to turn to his son with a smile, and I believe he's going to say, Son, go get my children. And I believe after that, then Jesus is going to descend in a cloud, and with a shout of a trump, he's going to call us into glory, and that's where we're going to be. So we have to understand, you know, the Bible also says, I was just reminded of this scripture, that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You see, we don't understand all that's going on. We don't see the big picture of God's plan for redemption for mankind. You know, and yeah, I'm ready to go. I, I, I'm excited that, that at any moment, maybe even before this podcast ends, that, that Trump could sound and we could be gone. But I have to know and understand that until he comes, no matter what it looks like, no matter what's going on in the world, he is my provider. He's my protector. He's my healer, my deliverer. It's like that song, Awesome, that we sing here at the church. He is an awesome God, and he provides, he protects, he heals, he delivers, he sustains. 
He does all of these things for us because he wants to take care of us and keep us from becoming a scoffer, to keep us from becoming one that, that grows weary while we're doing well. You know, the Bible says don't grow weary in well-doing. You know, and sometimes when you look at what's going on, it looks like it, it's a hopeless case. You know, it looks like well, it's just nothing I'm doing, nothing we're trying to do seems like it's working. But we have to keep on pressing, keep on, on, keep on keeping on about the work of God until he comes, no matter what the scoffers say. When people begin to make fun of you and scoff at you and are oh, you one of them, you, yes, I am. Just smile at them and move on. It's not worth getting in some heated argument, losing your temper over. Just smile at them, nod your head, say, yes, I am. You know, you know. I think one of the biggest compliments for a Christian is when somebody looks at them and says, oh, you're one of them. You see, now they know you. You've been identified. You've been marked. And that's a good thing. So I believe that as we see that uptick of scoffers coming in, I believe you're even going to see it in some uh, pulpits, in some denominations. I believe... You know, and, and we already have it in a sense because we have those that don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Uh, they Some believe in a mid-tribulation, some post-tribulation. Uh, but, you know, if you followed us for any length of time, if you go through the scriptures in the word of God, that it all boils down to we have to be taken out and taken to heaven before the Antichrist can come and be manifested here on the earth. It does not mean that he's not alive and well, but he is not in a position of authority to rule the world as of yet. So we believe that we're going to be taken out before that. So again, scoffers, it's going to become more. It's going to, it's going to get worse as far as people trying to come against the return of Christ. But that should be expected because Anything you see an increase in like that, you know, you should know without a shadow of a doubt, that by itself should reassure you that Jesus is coming soon because Satan is doing everything he can to tell us the opposite of what God's word says. The second thing that I believe we're going to see an increase or an uptick in, this is found in Matthew chapter 24 in verse 12. And Matthew 24 is a very good chapter to read if you're uh, studying end times and end time prophecy. When you're studying those, Matthew chapter 24 is, is very good to read. This is Jesus talking here. But in verse 12, he said, And because of iniquity, which is lawlessness, is sin, self-pleasure, lust, it says that it shall abound, which means increase, the love of many shall wax cold, which means grow cold. So in other words, we could say because of lawlessness and an increase in sin, the love of many shall grow cold. Now, I believe here there's, there's two different ways we can look at this, and they both kind of they, they move in the same direction. But we can see in our nation you know, you have this group against that group and that group against this group. And, you know, uh, all of these things, you know, we begin to see these things and, and, and we have, you know, uh, race issues all over the place constantly. 
um, you know, we're not living in the times like we were, you know, when I was growing up, uh, and maybe some of you where it seemed like, you know, you could go out at night and you didn't have, when you left home, you could just leave your doors unlocked. I know in our town that I grew up in here in Oakboro, when I was growing up, me and my friends, we would ride our bikes all through the town and, uh, on the back streets and ride the sidewalks. And we would go in different stores and if you got thirsty, you could just go into the back of one of the local churches. The back door, it was always unlocked, and you'd go right to where the water fountain was, and you'd drink some water and get you some water, and then you might use the bathroom, and then you would leave. But nobody, we there was a, a reverence or a fear of God where we didn't want to mess with anything in the church. We knew better. But um, when you look at what's going on now in the world, I don't even... You know, uh, I just tell people I, I don't personally uh, go to big malls now because of everything that's going on. It's not that I'm in fear. It's that I just don't have time to mess with that stuff. You know, I, I can just order it online. I mean, I think I would rather order some stuff online than take a chance of getting robbed or shot. You know, some people, where's your faith? Well, I've got plenty of faith, but... I want to use it for some other stuff. I don't want to have to use my faith to believe that if I got shot <laughs> that God's going to heal me. But you see, when you, you watch the news media, you go into all these stores and things, and you begin to see that they're, they're chaining stuff to the, the shelves. And if you want to buy the stuff, you have to go find a worker, and then they have to unlock the chain so you can get whatever it is you need because People don't care about other people anymore. They don't care if they're hurting or, you know, I was reading an article today about, a. I think they're from the U.S., um, mountain climbers, and they were trying to, I don't know if it's the world's fastest climb to the top of a mountain or, or the world's largest team going to the highest peak. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but anyway, on their way up this mountain, which, you know, when you get into these Mount Everest and things like that, I mean, that's that's not like climbing one of these little small mountains. I mean, that's some serious, serious business, extreme cold and, and storms and all these things happening. But they took a picture as they're climbing on some of the highest peaks. And in the background, you can see this team, and I think they were from America, but you could literally see them walking over a, a hiker that from Pakistan that was trying to climb as well but had got injured. They walked past him, left him there for dead because they were more focused on setting the world record than saving someone's life and rendering medical aid to this person. And it's been this big controversy. But you see, it's because people's love has waxed cold. And, you know, not every translation uses the word wax here, but you see, when I, when I think about it, or when you think about it in that context of wax cold, when wax, in a, when you use a wax candle, and you, especially some of you women, y'all love all these candles. I know I go in stores and my wife has me smelling candles till it gives me a headache. But, you know, these candles give off this aroma when they're lit. And they smell so good. Smell up your house. I know right now we've got those pine scented and Christmas tree candles. And, you know, you walk in the house and it just smells really fresh. 
But as that heat is there, that wax becomes liquid. When it becomes liquid, it's now pliable. It can move and, and be in different shapes and forms. But when you take the heat away, it gets cold, hard, and brittle. And I believe that when you take the fire of God, the Holy Spirit, away from someone's life and they continually just keep moving further and further into a life of sin, into a life of self, self-interest, self-desires, all of those things, that that's what this was talking about when it says that the love of many will wax cold because we live in a me-me generation, you know, what is the biggest thing that everybody does now with their, their cameras on their phones? Selfies. It's all about self. It's self-image, self-help, self-care, self-love. You know, everything is about self when that's not what Jesus was. That's not who God is because the Bible says that for God so loved the world, he gave. And you see, when you look at what our society is, it's I so love myself, I keep. You see, it's all about me, all about me, all about me. And, you know, you you have to understand that it's not going to uh, get less and less. It's going to get greater and greater. These things intensify the closer the return of Jesus it comes. And then you say, well, why... Why is so many people's hearts growing cold? Well, I believe this process was started many years ago by, you know, these, uh, like we talked about last week, these uh, spineless, milk toast preachers that want to preach a kumbaya gospel and hug everybody. And, you know, uh, I'm all for the love of God. But if you're going to stand in your pulpit and you're going to preach the love of God, then why don't you preach it right? Why don't you preach it according to the word of God? Because Jesus, the Bible says that he chastens them that he loves. But yet these preachers stand in these pulpits and don't preach any correction. They don't preach any discipline. They don't preach any of that. It's all just hug it out, kiss it out, and just pat everybody on the back and smile and just say love, love, love. And it's not working. Because when you do that, that that to me is an antichrist version of the love of God. It's a false Christ version of the love of God. Because like I said on the podcast last week, the true essence of the love of God is discipline. You know, those of you watching now, you discipline your children when they were growing up because you loved them, not because you were mean, not because you were hateful. But then again, you can look back. Some of you may have children that are grown adults now, but always in trouble. And you may look back and go, well, you know, I didn't discipline them, you know, because I come in on the tail end. And I know Josh did. We come in on that tail end of uh, what is that? What they call that time out. Yeah. You know, yeah. Everybody, you, you know, just just don't don't spank somebody. Don't just put them in time out. You know, we had that. That began as I was growing up, and then you had your Oprahs and all these other psychiatrists or idiots, whatever you want to, educated idiots, like I like to say, don't don't correct your children, don't spank them. That could warp their personalities. Well, how's that going for us now? 
I mean, look at look at what what's running our country. Look at what our our nation, according to the news media and, and the left wing liberals, look what we stand for. We stand for the you know, they say that, you know, we got people protesting that are pro abortion, pro homosexuality, pro transgender, pro Palestine Hamas, but they're anti Israel, anti God, anti pro life, anti two genders, and anti marriages between a man and a woman, male and female. So you see everything in our society, it's turning. And you see Satan has got into people's spirits or in their minds, and he's begun to put these things in. Then it's all on our TVs, like I say, with all the talk shows, Oprah and all them other people. But when you look at verse 10 of Matthew 24, it tells you why people, uh, iniquities found in their heart and their love grows cold. Because verse 10 says, that many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. So we see offense, betrayal, and hate. And you see, when you look, everybody's offended. Everybody's offended about everything. And you see people, even over politics, the, this has been some of the craziest times that I've ever seen because people that used to be really good friends will turn away from each other because one stands for this and the other one stands for this. One stands for this candidate and the other one stands for this candidate. And they have actually turned completely away. I even, a true story that happened to me is I had a, a really good Christian or a pastor <laughs> um, friend of mine that uh, we were good friends. I had uh, preached at his church, you know, and we had went out to eat a lot, and I had sung at their church, done different things with them, was really good friends. And when all this political stuff began to come up, I would begin to post some things, and, you know, it's my, my social media page. I have the right and freedom to post what I want, and people have the right to comment back, you know, um, whether they are in agreement with me or not. But as we begin to discuss things, I would, he would comment, I would comment back and I would show facts. I would always post facts, not opinion, but facts. But it got to the point he, I got, we got to a point that at one point he got so mad at me, so frustrated with me. He had other people trying to attack me and say things and tried to call me racist and all these things. But he got so mad that he actually cussed me out on social media. Now, keep in mind, this is a pastor. He cussed me out on social media and then blocked me so that I couldn't come back at him again. But you see, that's the things that are happening. And I try to tell people, look, this Republican's running for office, and I like it. I like that guy. He's a good guy. I like him. I like what he stands for. This guy's a Democrat. He might be a good guy. I just don't like what he stands for. Neither one of those candidates, if me or you met them on the street, would stop and give us the time of day. They're running in these offices. They're, they're out of our league, way up there. We, we're not going to meet them. But yet, if I seen you in need, I would stop and help you, and hopefully vice versa. But because of these things, because of offense and betrayal, now you're watching relationships separate 
And it's all part of what the the satanic push that's on our nation, this antichrist agenda. If people can become offended and hurt, then they will betray one another because of offense. And then if they betray each other because of offense, that causes hatred in their hearts. And you see, we see this all over the world. It's going on everywhere. Innocent people minding their own business, out just having a a night on the town, randomly getting attacked, randomly getting just beat for no reason or shot, mugged, different things like that. You're seeing people now in like Chicago and New York and Philadelphia, these places, you're watching people at will, California, walk into stores and loot them. Just not just grab a few items. I'm talking there's videos of people pushing entire racks of clothes out of the store and there's nothing done to them. Nothing can be done to them. Nobody will prosecute them. We're seeing this lawless society because if you try to prosecute them, there's going to some psychiatrist come in and say, well, you know, the way they were brought up, they don't know any better. and They just needed some things and they're trying to make money. There's always somebody coming up with an excuse for sin. Whether you're coming up with your own excuse for your sin or you've got people helping you. Satan always helps you have an excuse for your sin, to live in it, to condone it, and to accept it. And we even see these things happening in the church because you see this going through denominations. We talked about this last week. But you have seen offense happen in the Methodist denomination to the point that they've split. They've had to split that denomination because part of them stood up for homosexuality and another part said, no, we're staying with the original intent of what the Methodist uh, doctrine was founded on. We're going to stay with that, you know. So we're seeing all of these things happen and people's getting hurt and offended and there's hatred between people. People are saying hateful things to each other. So it's not just in the world. These things are now happening inside the church. You see, that's the problem that we have to realize is Satan crept quietly into the church. He come in very quiet. But when he left and we accepted him in the church, lifestyles and things like that, then we didn't creep into the world. We stepped out boldly into the world saying, hey, we're just like y'all. Come to our church. Come over here and hang out. But yet clearly the Bible says to be set apart, to be different, to be noticeably different. So instead of Satan creeping into the church, We should have walked out boldly into the world proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have to do it now. I don't know if some of you may be sitting back going, you know, I need to do more. Yes, we do. Absolutely. In 2024, the church has got to come out of its four walls with boldness, with confidence. I'm not talking about coming out weird and silly. And I'm talking about coming out with the word of God. And when we do then these people that can't get over a fence or have been betrayed or have hatred in their heart, they're going to hear about a gospel. They're going to hear about a man named Jesus by us, the man we preach, that will take away their offense, that will take away that betrayal, the hurt from that, and take away that hatred. But it's the church's job. 
we have, even though, yeah, you may say, well, yeah, but you just said it's going to get worse. Why do anything? Because that's our job. When it's the worst, our light has to shine the brightest so that people can see, hey, there's a way out. There's an escape from all of these things that are going on. So you have to pay attention to those things. The love of many. And I know some people say, well, yeah, but you, you've been saying that there's a great move of God coming. There he is. Absolutely, there's a great move of God. But Satan has gotten so far into people's lives, he's gotten so far into the church that I believe God is allowing these things to happen so that the church is the first thing shaken, so that it wakes up, and then after that, the world will be shaken so that people will begin to turn and say, I need to know about Jesus. I need to find this way out that you're talking about. Uh, and I need, I need to know that I can spend eternity in heaven. So there's things that we, we have to be ready. The third and final thing, and we're already seeing a lot of this, but I believe we're going to see an uptick yet again, uh, even stronger with this, is political unrest. That's something that, you know, we over the last three years especially, we have been seeing this not just in the United States of America, but in, in Germany and in France, uh, you know, down in South Africa, in Africa, all over the world, in Canada, uh, all of these things, because people are, are rising up because I believe that people are starting to say, you know what, the government, you, you need to do what we ask and not we do what you ask. We put you in office to govern affairs like we want them governed. We don't need you coming back and telling us how we need to brush our teeth, how we need to walk our dog, how what kind of food we need to eat, what kind of drink we need to drink, what kind of vehicle we need to drive. You don't need to, you leave that to us. You just focus on governing a nation, you know, military, security, benefit, things like that. You need to take care of that. Let us worry about the other things. People are beginning to, to be upset about these things. And, you know, the Bible talks about it there in Matthew 24. There'd be wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, great perplexities, all of these different things. We're seeing these things happen, but they're going to intensify. And you may be going, well, yeah, but that move of God you're talking about, how is this going to happen Why all of these bad things are happening? It's hard for us as, as human beings, to, to be able to process the fact that there can be peace and war at the same time. While the world's at war, we as believers will be at perfect peace. While there's inflation and famine going on in the world, the believers will live and walk in prosperity and walk in health. Those things are what we have to be to be the light to a world that don't know about it and are not walking in it. So when we see these things, you know, I've had some people say, well, why is the war in Israel so important? Why, why is that such a big deal? You have to understand, there is said it in Matthew 24, the first few verses of Matthew 24, that there'd be wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation. All of these things are a setup for the entrance of the Antichrist. You see, the Jewish people... Israel 
has to accept him with open arms. They have to say, this is the man. And I believe that right now, if you took a man right now, even with what we're living in right now, and it's not God as bad as it's going to get, but if there was one man right now that walked on the scene, a national scene, got in front of a bunch of news cameras and had a microphone, and he began to speak plainly, not with all this political uh, bullcrap talk that some of these people like Kamala Harris and some of them do, that vocabulary word salad that they use that don't make any sense, but they make you feel like they're talking above you because they're smart. He's going to be, he's going to talk plainly, simple, but yet elegant, and he's going to offer a solution for peace. If that man would come on scene today, I believe that people would accept him with open arms. Why? Because everybody wants peace. Everybody is sick and tired as a whole, sick and tired of hearing constant conflict, constant war, constant devastation, constant uh, hunger, constant food shortages, all of these things. The people as a whole are sick of hearing about this stuff. The people of Israel have been under attack since, since their beginning. They've constantly been under attack, especially since 1948 when they become a nation. You know that those people are ready for a solution, not a two-state solution like these governments have them on now, but a legitimate, viable solution to give them peace. So you see, that's why all of these things are happening, because the, the world has to get ready and prepared, those that are not Christians, those that are not raptured, has to be ready for when this man comes on scene and offers a plan that's going to, it's going to sound good. And from the outside looking in, it's going to be a great plan because the Bible says during that seven years of tribulation, the first year, three years, three and a half years is going to be peace. It's going to be good times. It's going to be focused on rebuilding and everybody doing their thing and, and living in this new life of peace and prosperity and one world religion. All of these things are going to be going on. But if you look in Daniel, the book of Daniel, the ninth chapter, in verse 27, it says here, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. This is talking about the Antichrist. This is the man that will come on scene. He'll have elegant speech. He'll have the Bible in the book of Daniel. And I believe in Ezekiel, it talks about he'll have eloquent, eloquent speech. He'll have a strong jaw, meaning he'll, his jawline and all. He's going to look like a man's man, uh, which I kind of question now exactly what he's going to look like because today's definition of a man's, Anyway, that's for another time. But it also says that he'll not be a lover of natural affection, which means he'll, he'll more than likely be uh, a homosexual. But at the point when this happens, nobody is going to care what he is, who he is. They're just going to say that plan he's got is great. And his speech, I get what he's saying. He'll draw them in with that eloquent speech. And it's going to cause many to be 
you know, conned in to what he offers, which we do know that for the first three and a half years that, um, you know, which is where he was talking about halfway through the week. We know that when you read all of Daniel that you got the 69 weeks and then the 70th week, which is that during that tribulation, we, we see all those things. But you see, he breaks that covenant three and a half years in. And what about all those people that he's deceived that were thinking, man, we finally got peace. We finally got got it. And I believe it's even going to be to the point to where Israel will tear down its defense systems, its defense walls, because they're going to buy into what he's selling as far as him offering a peace solution for all the world to be in. And you can find this out also in the book of Revelations, chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. He says here, Paul or John does, he says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the death of those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and he deceives, remember there's that word again, deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And this is talking here about the Antichrist. He he is going to deceive many people with signs and wonders. He's going to look like he's more than human and that he's he's got supernatural powers. He's going to portray himself as the Messiah. He's going to some people will think that he is the anointed one. He is the Messiah, but they'll find out very soon that they were uh, very mistaken on what his true identity is. So we see that coming into 2024, again, I don't, I didn't have this podcast or talk about this topic because I wanted you to be in fear. I don't want you to be in fear. If you're a believer in Christ, if you've accepted Jesus into your heart, we are living in some of the most exciting times that there has ever been. You and I were called to be believers in this end time generation preachers of the gospel to all that will listen in some of the most controversial, some of the most trivial, uh, you know, turbulent times that has ever been recorded in human history. We're living right in those times and we're blessed. We're going to be prosperous. We're going to walk in health. We're going to walk in total healing and we are going to shine the brightest light into the darkest world that there has ever been. And we are going to cause those that have turned their back on God to turn back again and cry out for that Savior. Some will rededicate their lives and serve God. Some have never accepted Jesus, but will lift up their voice and say, Lord, I confess you as the Savior of my life. Come live in my heart so that I can be with you for eternity. Those things will happen right in the middle of the worst times the world has ever seen. So we need to be excited, but we have to stay prayed up. We have to stay, I like to say, prayed up and praised up. Praise God. Get in worship music and praise music. 
Create atmospheres in your home, in your car, everywhere you go, create atmospheres that's conducive for the Holy Spirit to move and speak through you to change somebody else's life. So remember, we're going to see scoffers increase. We're going to see the hearts of many grow cold towards the things of God and towards one another. And we're going to continue, I believe, to see a great increase of political unrest. And I, I do believe that these things, you know, we the increase, there's going to be a lot, which, you know, the, the scoffers, that's going to create a lot of what I like to call religious deception. You know, uh, we're not going to, some people are not going to know, should I follow this one? Should I follow that one? You know, that's why I say just preach the true word of God and people will follow. But then when you see the, the, uh, the love of many waxing cold, you know, that's the social uh, upheavals that we see all around the world that, you know, constantly we see these things going on and we're going to continue to see political upheavals, which is the unrest nation. This one's going to war with this one. That one's thinking about sending a nuke to that one. And this one's not getting along with that one. All of these things are happening. It's not taking God by surprise. And if it's not taking our father by surprise, it shouldn't take us by surprise either because before anything happens on the earth, God will speak to those that will listen and he'll warn us and let us know what's coming ahead so that we can be ready and prepared when these things happen. Well, guys, that's all we've got for tonight. I, again, appreciate each and every one of you so much for your support on our YouTube channel. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend it with us as we dive into the Word of God and we look at the Word of God and we merge them with the current events that's going on in this world and we begin to see that even though the Bible is an old, old book, it is still the most relevant book that has ever been written for the times that we're living in. Remember, hit that like button if you hadn't done that yet. Hit the unlike button if you listen to this podcast and say, man, I don't like that guy. I don't like nothing. He says, you can hit the thumbs down button. That's good too. Just do one of the two. And then if you did like us, do us a favor. There's other people that you may know that's, that's upset and worried, especially during this. Uh, this is the first of December. We're going into the Christmas months and people are stressed out and upset and, and frustrated and anxiety uh, is running rampant in people's life. They need to hear that Jesus loves them and that things are going to be all right if they'll just give their life to Jesus. You could share this post with one of your friends or on your social media, and somebody could accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior by watching this, and this could be the year 2023. This Christmas could be the best Christmas they've ever had. You say, how's that? Because it's the first Christmas they'll have lived with Jesus on the inside of their heart and an assurance that soon and very soon we are going to see the King. Guys, I love you, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.